What's up, everybody? It's Jake with Two Worlds Podcast, and with me is the Nasher to my grinder, Casey. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. What's up with you? I, I'm just ready to do a podcast. Nice. I was a little worried. <laughs> I didn't get my comics in the mail today until today. I was like, man, I'm not going to have much to talk about. Really? Those went out like they normally do on Wednesday? Yeah, I'm sure they do. It's like, it's just sometimes for some reason the post office doesn't get to me as soon as it should. And so, yeah, I was like, I was like, ugh, don't they know I have responsibilities now with these comics? I gotta be, gotta be getting to it. (laughs) Well, thankfully they showed up, even if it was the last minute. Well, anyway, let's get right into some news. What you got for me? So I saw this thing. I first saw it, like, the way I saw it originally on social media was that Janelle Monet is reportedly going to be cast as Storm in Black Panther 2. And then, like, later on, I saw stuff where there, people were saying, no, she just wants to be Storm. But either way, like, I'm down. Like, I've not really seen her act in anything, but I think she's cool, and that's about it. <laughs> I like her singing, so I'm not not against it. Um, yeah, I I'm really I'm not familiar with her um, at all. I I, <laughs> I saw saw that in the notes, and I was like, huh, like wonder who that is. She she's a singer, and she was in this movie, I'm Hidden Figures, the movie where it's about the the black ladies that were part of the NASA program that helped the astronauts, I think, get on uh, the moon the first time, or maybe it was just when they first went out of space. I didn't see the movie, but she's in that movie. That's the only movie I know she's been in. But when I look at her, though, I really do think, like, more, she looks more like the character that would be, like, if they ever did a Far Sector movie, she looks like that Green Lantern, in my opinion. Like, I think they really modeled that Green Lantern off of hers, so it's like, man, you'd be much better cast it off, you know, cast it as her. Okay, right on. It makes more sense now that you told me she's a singer because after thinking about it, uh, and this song played in Luke Cage, but I like the song Long Live the Chief, and uh, he actually mentions um, her in at the end of that song. So I was like, oh, okay, she's a singer. That makes oh, sense okay. now. But anyway, uh, let's see here. So... If you remember a few episodes back, I had mentioned that Marvel was taking all these books and switching like the to, to end them out digitally only. And uh, I, I saw this week that Marvel has decided, you know what, let's go ahead and put them in print after all. So I don't really know why. Like I could see the next issue of those series if they already had them printed up, which I imagine they did because it was pretty close to release for some of those. But I I don't know why they just decided to put all those out now. The only thing I could think of is they're kind of realizing they're not making as much money as they thought they would putting it, you know, putting it digitally. Well, that could be. I mean, really, that's the most I've heard out of Marvel in a while. Yeah. They've been kind of quiet lately. You know, 
this is going to sound bad, but a part of me wishes that they weren't coming to print because <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's a lot of stuff for the shelf and a lot of it isn't like selling that well. Yeah. Not that I have to order that many, obviously, but like, and I know that some customers are going to be thrilled. It's just like, oh, okay. They're, you know, they're cutting down their line. It makes sense. It's probably a good move. And then they're like, psych we're sending them all out anyway <laughs> now i got a uh, i got a quick question this is something that popped in my head today actually like do you know when speaking of like marvel books x factor is coming out because that's a one of the few x books and marvel books for that matter that i'm actually hyped about that i really want to know like i'm like i really want to read this but i have no idea when it comes out because all the advertisements i've seen were pre-covid so i don't really have any clue what's going on there <clears throat> um you know that is a really interesting question and it's one that i can find out the answer to while you read your next bit of news <laughs> um the big show the pro wrestler he wants to play a rebooted kingpin and i'm just gonna say this i like big show as a wrestler and maybe he's a great actor too but if you ask me, and for my money, we already have a Kingpin. We don't need a rebooted one, even though I think Big Show is more ideal for the way the MCU's tone. I don't think that's really the type of Kingpin we want. Right. Yeah, the one in the Daredevil show is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we don't need it. Yeah, like you said, we don't need another one. But he is... But, I mean, every, you know, everybody is saying, oh, I, you know, I want to play this guy or this girl now. So, it, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, and on this note, I was going to, I didn't write this in our notes, but I think you've probably seen it too. I'm going to find the guy's name because I just know him from Breaking Bad and Community. But, um, oh, the dude that was the main, like, one of the bad guys in Breaking Bad, he had the um, chicken shop. I didn't really get into that right. show. Who was he in Community? He was Pierce's brother. Do you remember that episode, the oh, video game episode? Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. His name is Giancarlo Esposito. I'm probably mispronouncing that, like I do every name. And he was like, I think the way my career is going, I'm going to end up playing a Marvel character someday. And he's like, at least I hope I do. And so then, like, Twitter was like a blaze with people going oh, who could he play? Like, some people were saying Professor X, others were saying Magneto. And then one person even said, Miss, like, Reed Richards. And every, like, I'm very much typecasting him when I say this, but, like, someone recommended this character that I 100% agree with. I think he'd be a perfect Norman Osborn because Norman's got, like, the, oh, hello, you know, like, I'm a businessman, I'm a nice guy. And then he just goes to evil, like, in a snap, and that guy does it perfectly, so it's, like, it's not much of a stretch. I know he's supposed to be a great actor, but I mean, stick with stick with what you know he can do amazing, and just just leave it at that. If you ask me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. You, got, I I only know him from Community, but uh, I mean, if he's a good actor, I'm all for it. Yeah, he was like I said, he's he's also in Better Call Saul. He plays the same character, but yeah, he just like he plays like the manager of this. Uh, chicken restaurant and he plays it very you know straight lace like a like a regular manager and then like he's putting bodies in acid later like just like 
right next, you know, like next thing that happens. So I'm like, yeah, he could he could do Norman some justice, you know, give like give Norman something good <laughs> since like William Defoe. Right. Well, uh, to go back to your previous question, X Factor actually comes out July 29th, so it is right around the corner. Very nice. Well, we'll have to get that too. Um, one thing I saw back to comics is that Donny Cates, Jeff Shaw, D. Conniff, Conniffy, I don't know how you say that, um, and John J. Hill are going to be part of this Image Comics event titled Crossover. And more is to be said at that at the Comic-Con at Home thing, like the San Diego thing that they're doing. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty neat. I mean, to think of, like, an Image Crossover, we, we don't get too many of those and haven't had one in a while, I don't think. So I'm curious to see what books and characters are going to be involved in that. But... That's going to be happening soon. This is going to be me putting on my negative Nancy pants, but I hope it's not like the last big Image crossover. I think it was called Image United. That's still going on. Like, that was back when we were driving back and forth to Community College was when that started. And technically, that still hasn't really? finished. <laughs> huh. Because it was like, I think each creative team would do a different issue or no not even a different issue they would just do their characters in that so like if todd mcfarlane was he would do all the spawn stuff and then robert kirkman would do all the invincible stuff and then uh eric larson would do the savage dragon stuff or whatever you know i don't remember the characters in it but yeah it's never been finished huh okay well may maybe this one will be different yeah i'm rooting for it <laughs> Um, so we, we always talk about Batwoman since that's one of the few shows that has stuff going on right now and they've officially found their new Batwoman. It's going to be Javicia Leslie. I looked at her IMDb page. I have no clue who she is. Uh, but yeah, she's going to be playing the new person to take up the moniker of Batwoman. So maybe it'll be good. Huh? All right. I, I don't know the name. I don't know anything about the show. Yeah. So. <laughs> I do think it'd be... Um, I will say this. I think it will be cool if someday Ruby Rose kind of... I'm just going to say gets over herself. I don't know what happened, but I'm just assuming it's the actor's fault. And I'm just, like if she gets over herself and they do like a the two Batwomen fighting at the same time, that'd be pretty dope. I wouldn't mind you know watching a YouTube clip of that. Probably wouldn't watch the whole episode. But, you know, it'd be neat. Yeah, it just kind of seems like this uh, this show is just kind of in a downward spiral at this point, you know? Like, I, I really don't know if I'm ever going to give it a shot at yeah. this point. I have a feeling, like, they have everything with the CW, and this is all, like, I haven't watched a CW show in forever, like I always say, but I'm assuming uh, the CW shows are all probably, like, they're all forming, you know, like the same formula and everything. It's like, it's probably to the point now where CW can crank them out for not very much money. And they do solid enough that they're like, let's keep it. We're making money on it. You know? Yeah. I just, I want to know 
how long the CW is going to kind of have their claws in, in some of these DC shows. <laughs> like I get that, that that's like a, you know, a channel or a platform for them to put out some shows on, but man, like after a while, they all just become the same, you know, yeah. Gilmore girls type of show. Hey, nothing like the Gilmore girls. They're better. But, um, with like, <laughs> That's one thing I'm worried about with Stargirl, because, like, I was reading online, technically now, like, the first season was paid for by DC Entertainment, or, like, whatever their moniker is, and then this next season, season two, is going to be paid all through CW, so I, like, you talk really highly of this, of this show, (laughs) yeah, you talk really highly of this show, and it's like, there's, there's a good chance a lot of this stuff that you're really liking story-wise, or special effects-wise, it's going to be toned down a lot. And that might not be the case. Maybe I'm just being overly cautious of it. And that, you know, very likely could be. I'm a nerd. I've been, you know, I've had a lot of a lot of times where I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be good. Then it's bad. And I'm like, oh, you got me again. So now I'm just jaded. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's a little, little worrisome there. It is because, you know, we've got a big giant robot in stripesy and you know, star girl flying around with the, the, the cosmic staff and all that. So it's like, you can't really, can't really give too much there. Yeah. <laughs> Plus some of the villains focus pretty heavily on, on effects too. So, uh, I don't know. All of the stripesy stuff will just be off camera. Like, wow, look at that. He's doing a good job. <laughs> Gosh, I hope not, but who knows. <laughs> By the way, I want to point out, um, gosh, is it Luke Wilson, I think, is who plays Stripesy? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, he's great, by the way. Like, I only really knew him from, like, that 70s show when he played <laughs> when he played the brother of, of what's-his-name. But, uh, but, you know, he's, he's a pretty good Pat in this show. Yeah. I like him. Yeah, he was one of the ones where I'm like, I like him in certain things, but when I saw that cast, I'm like, I don't know about that one. So I'm glad he's glad he's doing good in it. Because I do like him, because he's in yeah. a bunch of the hipster movies I watch, you know, like the um, Wes Anderson movies and stuff, so. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so th- this one's kind of for you, because I know you're a pretty big fan of the Batman and the Outsiders book. So uh, Brian Edward Hill, who is the writer of the title, was talking about the future of the title. And uh, he he was saying that he's got, like, some pretty big plans for it. And hopefully that means that DC is going to let him see those through and that it's, like, you know, performing well enough that they're not going to can it soon. But... Um, Anyway, I guess he teased, like, some big stuff with Duke recently on nice. Twitter. And um, so he said that there's a possibility of doing, like, a story about Duke's past, which we really don't know a lot about. I mean, still a pretty new character. I think he only popped up either right before or right after the first Metal series. Um well, no, I guess he was in We Are Robin, but as Signal, anyway, we, you know, haven't seen too much, yeah. but, um, anyway, he, he said that, like, his current, like, the current stuff he's doing now, he considers his season one, 
And then like season two is where he's going to put all of his Duke and signal plans into action. So he said, if the, you know, if DC lets me, I promise that we'll get there. I know Duke fans are like kind of mad at me and want to see more, but I have a plan for that. Um, so anyway, hopefully he gets to do that. That's pretty exciting. That's one thing that I, I am enjoying about that book. I'm going to talk about later. Cause I read that book for this week. It's like, he he has so many characters that he's writing in this that's hard for him to juggle everything but like with duke and some of the other ones he gives you just enough that i'm like i'm interested in this character that i knew i knew nothing about prior to this so give me some more you know like it he does pretty (laughs) good that way so that that is exciting um so i i read this and i don't have like i think it's kind of silly but uh, She-Hulk and Miss Marvel will reportedly lead to an all-female Avengers movie. And, like, I mean, they're probably going to do, like, the A-Force, like they did in the comics. But, in my personal oh opinion, Ms. Marvel shouldn't be in, you know, a, 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 an Avenger because too young. I think it's stupid that they make Spider-Man an Avenger because he is too young. You have these people who are supposed to be heroes and they're endangering children doesn't make any sense to me and also i don't know yeah that's what champions are for yeah (laughs) like i mean it makes more sense when like if spider-man is marvel and then like you know speedball like if they just toss in speedball and like squirrel girl and some other like kid superheroes were like oh no we have to team up even though well not uh even though like thor and captain marvel are telling us no we have to team up and stop this because reasons you know like that makes more sense than just them being like hey kids you want to save the world and maybe die it's like we don't care you're that young so that's just that's always stupid to me and well go ahead if i may like a a lot of those characters aren't going to want to follow a a kid you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like what other all the other avengers are probably going to be older than miss marvel who's going to be like yeah let's listen to this this teenager she she probably knows what she's doing like we haven't even seen her yet yeah exactly and then you have to also factor into it's like do we really need a female avengers team like honestly it I don't think that book sold very well because, you know, it got canceled. And then it's like, everyone likes Scarlet Witch. I think Captain Marvel, it's kind of like 50-50 at this point. And then, like, She-Hulk, I'm assuming everyone's going to like her. Black Widow's dead. Can't use her. Then you have, you know, I guess Wasp. Would they use Rescue? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Not not a very strong lineup currently. So yeah, I'm. I don't know. I don't get the point. Like, I get you know trying to do like more you know like oh yeah the female characters up front like front and center I get that, but if you're just trying to say these female characters are strong as the male characters, that's why they get their own team. That's more just saying, like, they're not really on the same level as the male characters because they get, you know, they they have to have their own team to look strong. Like, just put them together. That's, like, what they're doing now is lazy. Yeah. And plus, if Scarlet Witch and Captain Marvel can beat Thanos by themselves, according to Kevin Feige, 
they don't need a team. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> it's like the people that can beat the guy that can beat the whole team by himself. Like these two, they they can beat him. Don't worry about it. And it's like, well, then why are they even on the team to begin with? Right. And they, man, Scarlet Witches powers we don't need to go down this rabbit hole but we're just so inconsistent yeah make any sense like she gets her butt kicked by one of the black order but then like you said she and captain marvel take on thanos by themselves it's like well she can't take one of his underlings how is she gonna take him i'll say i'll say with her though since her powers do seem a little emotional based she went through a lot of crap so it makes sense that she would have a lot of anger you know that type of stuff like towards thanos that would like that would help in that but still it i agree with you it's like she was getting her butt kicked by the black order guys and then you know she just does all that stuff you know is able to take him and then like kevin feige even says like yeah she could have beat her like how does that make sense (laughs) she could beat him okay i guess it it was it really bugged me what they did with her in those movies because she is like I mean, she can warp reality. She is one of the most powerful characters in the comics, mm-hmm. but they, they didn't do anything with her. I, I really hope that this WandaVision show fixes that. I mean, it probably won't because it's all the same people, but fingers crossed. I think this WandaVision show, it's not going to do much with her to flesh out her powers. It's probably going to be more her going crazy. Yeah, fair enough. Like, it's going to be kind of like a gonna be like i'm betting it's gonna be like a lead up to more of like a house of m type of thing happening maybe she creates the mutants or something right i don't know um yeah i only have like one thing left and it's it's a big one if you want to do your others i'll get through my rest of my stuff uh matt reeves is developing a batman tv series spinoff it's going to all be set in the same universe. Jeffrey Wright is going to return as Commissioner Gordon. It centers around Gotham City Police Department. It, uh, Terrence Winter is set to write and direct. He did Boardwalk Empire. This sh- should be kind of like what I hoped Gotham was when it came out. So I'm pretty excited about it. I think it should be, like I said, it should be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm all for this. Give me all the DC stuff. <laughs> it's. I hope that they call it like Gotham Central and kind of go that route. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. And it's going to be on HBO Max too. I forgot to mention that. Um, and then, of course it is. <laughs> another reason to buy HBO Max. <laughs> and the last thing I have, there's going to be a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic. Uh, it takes place 30 years in the future. All of the turtles but one are dead. So it's going to be fun. It's called The Last Ronin. Eastman and Laird came up with this concept back in 1987. And yeah, it's going to, like, they've had this idea for a while. And they're doing this now. Sounds interesting. Uh, the the Last Turtle's going to probably be trying, like, the way it sounds, it sounds like he's going to be trying to find revenge. You know, or to get revenge, not find it, on whoever murdered his brothers. So something I'm pretty interested in since i still like i'm trying to get caught up with the turtle stuff but boy that's difficult there's a lot of it (laughs) that sounds cool though like i 
so th- this popped up on our order form like a while back, but I guess like news got out about it recently because only this week is when people started letting me know that they wanted it. So I was like, man, I wonder if it wasn't public before because <laughs> shops have known about it. And I, I just assumed that everybody had seen it on previews, but it seems like everybody heard about it this week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm interested. Should be cool. Absolutely. Sounds like a cool story. Okay, so last thing I had is some news regarding 5G. So part of the line-wide rewriting of the DC Comics universe and its timeline um, was known as Generation 5 and 5G. The main DC Comics titles would have featured new iterations of familiar characters. So Luke Fox would have been the new Batman. Uh, Commander Cold's kid would have been the new Flash. Stuff like that. And, I mean, that was going to be the new status quo at DC until um, Van Didio got fired. Um, and he was, he was fired earlier this year, and then we've kind of just heard less and less about 5G. Well, now I find out that what was 5G, like what they, what they had decided to keep of that, is going to be an imprint of related books showing a future for the DC Comics, but not necessarily in the continuity of the shared universe. Um, and that basically those previously reported plans for a much older Superman to become the new leader of the Authority are, is part of that storyline too, and like Jonathan Kent being the new Superman, um, all that jazz. Uh and then I, I saw that what will bind all of these 5G titles together and keep them separate from the rest of the DC timeline now begins with Jonathan Kent using Smallville as his fortress of solitude so that the people of the town protect him from the outside world after Smallville becomes a tourist attraction um, after Clark Kent revealed his identity. So that might be something that could involve like a more authoritarian Superman. Um... But anyway, going forward, Jonathan Kent takes the entire city of Metropolis and makes it into a bottle city, a bit like Candor. And it's in that world that this imprint is going to take place. So, like, quite literally a bottled 5G. And then as for creative teams, schedules, and formats, that's all still up in the air. Um, But either, like, the San Diego Comic-Con at home or the DC Fandom might possibly... You know, give us some announcements on that. But hearing this, if it's true, I'm absolutely fine with it now. Yeah. <laughs> because it's not going to be mainstream continuity. It's it's an imprint. That's fine. That's what it should have been from the, from the get-go. I agree. I agree 100%. I do have, like, one gripe, though. It's like the... the DC creators need to be getting more creative with, like, a future Superman because it's, like, every single time he's an authoritative monster. Have you noticed that? It's, like, think of something new. At least mm-hmm. just let him, like, just have him be killed. <laughs> you, don't, right. you don't need to have him make, become the bad guy every time, guys. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I guess it depends on who's writing it, but, like... You know, when, when I think of that kind of Superman, I think about what happens to Superman in Kingdom Come, and it's like, 
you're not going to do a better job than that story. Yeah. You're just not. I agree, dude. So, I don't know. Either way, like, the Superman stuff aside, the rest could be neat. Yeah, no, that's... And, uh... I'm more likely to check that out. You know, I'm willing to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see where that goes. Hopefully we do hear something at DC Fandom. I'm really looking forward to DC Fandom. I want to hear a lot of stuff come out of that. It should be pretty cool. I'll be honest. Like, I'm looking forward to other people listening to that stuff and me just reading about it because I'm probably not going to, you know, be any part of it because I'm not smart enough. But letting other people do it, (laughs) that's fine by me. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, that wraps up the news. So let's take an ad break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, Before we get into the comic reviews this week, I wanted to try out a new little segment called Guess That First Appearance. So I'm just going to think of uh, some random people, just like one a week. I don't want this to be a big thing. And I'll give you the character, and you try to guess the series that they first appeared in, and bonus points if you can get the issue number. Okay, will so, you like give me some hints, maybe, too, while it goes along? Because, like, <laughs> not going to be good at this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I can do that. It, it, would, it wouldn't be fair if I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, the character is Starhawk. Is who? Starhawk. Starhawk. I have no idea, man. Okay. Like, that's a character that I couldn't even picture in my brain. Well, Sylvester Stallone, man. Come on. Oh, yeah. Would it be Guardians (laughs) of the Galaxy, then? No. And I assume that that would be your first guess, but... um, no, it's so think, think another old school Marvel team that's not Guardians and not Avengers. We have seen a somewhat recent um, Defenders uh, iteration. Yes, it was Defenders. Uh, it was actually Defenders, and I assume you you don't want to guess the issue number. Defenders number <laughs> eighteen. You weren't too far off. It was number twenty seven. Okay, I actually remember because I was at your shop doing slave labor for you one day and you're having organized those. I remember seeing him in those. Right. Yeah. I remember that too. Uh, that, that issue came out in 1975. Um, it was just the cameo appearance, but still when you first see him. So anyway, next time you're at comic book trivia night and someone's like, when was the first appearance of Starhawk? You can say, Thanks, Jake and Casey. I know Thanks. that it was Defenders number 27. Thanks, mostly, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, we can get into our comics that we read this week. Um, I read Sonic the Hedgehog Annual um, for 2020, as well as Hawkman number 25 and Justice League Odyssey 22. What did you read? I read Outer Darkness, the first trade. That collects issues one through six. And then I read Nailbiter, volume one. And I don't know what this one collects. And then Green Lantern, season two, number five. Justice League, 48. Batman and the Outsiders, 14. 
Batman 94, X-Men God Loves Man Kills, number one of two, Justice League Odyssey 22, Flash 757, and Adventure Man number two. Well, what do you know? You read a few more than me. Just a few. <laughs> I want to apologize also well, no, really quick. I did not read anything for Kai July. I'm failing you guys. What an absolute embarrassment to this podcast. I know. I thought it was your turn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you do whatever you want, and then I'll I'll get mine in. All right. <laughs> As you permit. Um, so Outer Darkness, I just want to talk about, I'm going to talk about this in Nailbiter, like, quickly, but they're really, like, it's really cool. It's very layman-y, where it's, like, such a weird concept, because it's, like, very magic, demon-based stuff, but all in, like, a sci-fi outer space type of thing. Like, everything, even, like, how the engine is done, they have a godhead engine, which is just, they have this old ancient god that used to be you know get sacrifices and now they have it as the engine so like they take their old like you know people that they have to they've captured and they'll just toss them to the godhead and that's how that how it'll get its power because it's a you know ancient god so you have to give it sacrifices so you can move fast and like there's ghosts in space and it's just insane and it's like like true with you know john layman he makes it work, but it's also something that I know can only work in a comic book format. And <laughs> Afu Chan's art, it's awesome. I really love love the art. And then uh, Nailbiter is by Williamson and Henderson, and I really love the art in this also. And then the story itself is very much... Um, like, if you're a big fan of, like, true crime podcasts or murder shows or anything like that, you'll be just really into this it so cool lots of serial killers lots of stuff like that like if you're like i said someone that that's a weirdo that likes that stuff like i do you'll enjoy this and then really quick i'll talk about uh we'll talk about the my, my bottom four comics and then talk about the top four i'll get that way uh green lantern season two i i like it liam sharp's are in this one it's like another one of those times where i'm just like he's just flexing on the rest of the comic book industry it's insane there's parts in it where he's drawing like liam sharp draws and then there's other parts where he's drawing like jack kirby draws and there's other parts where he's drawing like a completely different way it's like how do you do this Th that's not normal <laughs> it's so <laughs> impressive like it just like Morrison's story in this, it's it's pretty cool. Like he introduced, you know, he brings back some. I'm assuming characters that have been around for years that no one ever thinks about anymore, and has Hal fight them. It's cool. Like it's a perfectly fine Morrison Green Lantern season two story, but no, like the art shines a hundred percent in this. Just flip through it for the art, honestly. Um, Justice League. And it's got Lepresti's art, and it's written by Spurrier. I didn't really care much for this story. No longer Vendetti. And I, like I said, I wasn't huge on the Vendetti storyline in this one. Like, they find these prisoners on this on the ship. Like, they're a bunch of like kids, and they go take them back to their planet. And they kind of accidentally help overthrow the tyrant leader. And now they, they're being asked to lead the, the planet. And it's fine. Like, it's 
yeah, it just doesn't doesn't do it for me. And like, it, this is one of the few times that like an outer space mission would have been really good to have Aquaman because he's the only one that's been a king. So he would he would actually kind of know how to lead this country and like leave them to actually have a rule, you know, like a ruler or something. But he's not there, so it's a little bit more difficult. But yeah, like I said. So is he not on the team right now, or he's, like what's going as on? As far that? as I know, he's just not for the story because he was with. Uh, in Venditti's, I'm pretty sure. Gotcha. Uh, Batman and the Outsiders was actually really awesome this week. Uh, you have, like, Shiva talking to Duke and um, Cassandra, and then, like, Batman is with uh, Black Lightning and um, oh, the new girl that they made for this series. That's, like, the one downside of this series. He do, he tries to like introduce you know have different things for every character, but he has this new character in it who has like enhanced abilities, no mask on, but she has enhanced abilities and like they'll do like little random tidbits with her, but there is not much character development in there, and she's what has been kind of like like the start of the series. She was the focus. She was what Rach was trying to get, and then now it's just kind of like she's joined Batman and now has nothing really going on. And it's so, like, that's the one downside. <laughs> but, like... Maybe editorial made him, yeah. like, cool off on her or something. Yeah, and... But there is, like... Shiva's becoming a member of the Outsiders, which I love that. And then, like, Katana, you know, talks some... Like, this is, like... I don't have the comic, like, open in front of me, but there was this line where Katana mouthed off to Shiva... And she's like, you're friends with the, you know, like, you, you like these kids, so I'll let you get away with that. And, like, I love when characters say that, because, like, sometimes you're like, oh, no, if they, if she had tried anything with Katana, she'd be dead. You know, like, because there's those characters that have that false bravado, but, like, within Shiva saying that, you're like, oh, yeah, no, she means it. She would just kill, like, if, <laughs> if she actually felt disrespected by her, she would just kill her. So, like, it, it is, yeah. like, that was really, like, that was a really great thing of dialogue to me. Uh, and then lastly, I'm going to talk about Batman number 94 by Tynan and March. And this one's, this was actually pretty good. I don't know why I say actually, like, Tynan hasn't been doing stuff good so far. Um, <laughs> the one downside, though, is he gets the, he, he kept some of the Tom King uh, continuity dialogue. Catwoman's in the hospital. Catwoman's in the hospital, and Bruce calls her, and he's like, "Cat." She's like, "Bat." It's like, why does this have to be a thing, guys? Stop it. But yeah. Other than that, it was fine. I, I am curious to know, like, does Luce because Lucius's daughter is in this, and she actually helps take Catwoman to the hospital and get her out of her costume and everything. Does his whole family know Bruce's? you know is you know, Bruce is Batman or what hmm. but I don't know man yeah <laughs> but yeah no it's good like you should be reading this book honestly like not just I'm not just saying you Jake but I'm just saying people listening because it's a good Batman book like I wish we had a good Superman book to read yeah and I'll let you talk now man Okay. Um, so yeah, the Sonic Annual, it was a pretty big issue because annuals usually are, but it mostly just kind of shows how each character or group of characters, um, 
gets wrapped up in this metal virus stuff. And so it's just like a collection of short stories about each character. And some of them were really good. Like, I think one of the better ones was actually about Big the Cat, nice. who, like, never really takes a front seat. But uh, that story was cool, and the art was really, really good. And I also really like the Metal Sonic uh, story because he's one of my favorites. But it's him just, like, kind of walking around the lab um, where they made the, the Metal Virus, like, slime stuff and he's just you know kind of looking like there's no dialogue he doesn't say anything but you can tell he's just like looking at it trying to figure out like why this is such a big deal because he's already metal yeah and i just really appreciated that about this story because he's probably the coolest sonic villain (laughs) um but yeah uh it, it was just nice to see some more, like, fleshed-out stuff um, from, from Ian Flynn, who's writing the whole thing. So I appreciate it. And then at the end, it says, you know, story continues next issue of Sonic. So hopefully that's where we see some cool, like, Super Silver action take place. Right on, man. All right. So my next one is X-Men, God Loves, Man Kills. And it's by Christopher Claremont and Brent Eric Anderson. I have it's, This is the extended cut, so I don't really know the difference between this one and the original because I've never read the original. I hear it's amazing, and this one is also. Like, it, it kind of, like, he wrote it back, I think, in the 80s or 70s, you know, in that time, and it's like, this shouldn't be so, you know, poignant, or how you say that word, now, as it is, you know, as it was then, because it's like, it starts with these two kids being shot and killed in a park, and then, you know, left, like, to hang on the on the swings by people that just didn't like them because they're different, and it goes from there, and it it's really good, it, you know, has, like, really good points to it, and everything, and I'm really excited for the next issue. I'm really into it. And there's an interview in the back that I didn't get to read because, like I said, I got my comics today, so I didn't get to, you know, go through and read what Chris and um, what uh, Chris and Brent were saying. So, because I was like, I need to I need to get through Justice League, Flash, and Adventure Man still. But yeah, the arts arts good in it, and the story is awesome. Have you ever read this story? No, I haven't. I sell the trade almost on a weekly basis. I bet, dude. Like, it's just one of those, like, classic Claremont stories. I absolutely should read it because the trade's not even that big. Um, so, yeah, maybe I'll just read the the extended cut and uh, as it comes out and get it in that way. Yeah, and uh, you just want to finish talking about Justice League Odyssey together like we do when we read the same book. Yeah, for sure. So I'll mention The Flash really quick, 757 by Williamson Sandolva, and I really like this. This is a lot of build-up to the next, you know, the next big arc. That's kind of what I said last time Flash came out, but you have, like, the turtle attacking a spot, Grodd attacking a spot, uh, uh, Captain Cold and Glider attacking an area, and the Trickster attacking an area, and Flash doesn't know what to do because he's being 
like the way the cover makes it look, pulled in every which direction. See, this is a fun little thing because then the cover, they all have like an arm, a leg, and they're all pulling. So it's like, you know, he's being pulled. Um, and so, yeah, he's trying to do all this. And so, like, you know it's going to lead to him getting his team set up. Like, he's going to have um, Kid Flash and Avery and I'm assuming Impulse and Wally to come help, too. I don't know for sure, but you know, I know for sure Avery and Kid Flash will be there. I have a question about that series because I, I was reading it for a while and, and kind of fell off. Is there any mention of, like, Max Mercury or Jesse Quick or anything like that in this series? Not yet, but I'm just going to go with a spoiler because I've seen a picture, and I'm pretty sure Max Mercury is going to show back up, and I think Jesse will too. Because there's a picture I saw where it was, right like, uh, Thon's team versus his team, and it was, like, you know, I'm pretty sure Max was there, and I'm pretty sure Jesse was there. That's cool. Yeah, I'm really. I'm. I I like those characters, yeah. so it, it would be nice to see him show back up. Yeah, I'm I'm really pumped for that. For the like, I'm excited for this arc to end because like I I've you know I've seen some of the covers that have come out that Williamson has tweeted and stuff, but at the same time, like I know it's the end of Williamson's run, so I'm like, oh, I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be over, but you know, so it's like it's kind of like a mixed <laughs> bag of emotions for me. <laughs> for sure, dude. Well, hopefully he ends it with a bang. Yeah, I'm sure he will. And then, uh, like, before we talk about JLO, uh, Adventure Man by Fraction and Dodson and Dodson. Dude, you need to be reading this book. Like, it's a lot of fun Fraction writing. Like, it's more, it's not really like Jimmy, you know, the Jimmy Olsen type writing. Almost a Jimmy Carter for some reason. But (laughs) I would read that book. But... (laughs) It's not like the Jimmy Olsen type, like, just slapstick silly stuff. This is, like, more like the fraction, like, pre-sex criminals fraction that we would read. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's more like that where it's like, oh, there is some humor and some quirkiness and stuff, but it's really just kind of, like, more like a well-written, grounded story. It's really cool. And then it's also, the art in it is so dang good. Like, just yeah the Dodsons are out of this world yeah <laughs> like it's bonkers how good the art is like this is another one of those books where it's just like you're getting amazing art that's worth buying the book for and hey the story's good too and I'm really interested in seeing where it goes so yeah I'd recommend it to just about anyone unless they hate fun <laughs> I uh, I want to read it man but I I've been sold out. Like I, I'm waiting on the like second printing to come out for that first issue. Yeah. I mean, it's, which which is great. I'm glad that it even got to go to us. Yeah, that's printing. what I was about to say. I was like, good for them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Hawkman 25. It's written by uh, Venditti. Art is done by Marco Castiello. And it's continuing their, like, interaction with the Lord Beyond the Void. And by them, I mean um, Carter and Shaira. This issue is pretty crazy. It's a lot of, like, Lord Beyond the Void saying, you know, I, I know you've been across all these different lives and universes, but 
I knew you'd come back to me eventually. And Hawkman's like, I'm not the, the same guy that you, you know, that I was back then when I was basically sacrificing people to you. And he tries to fight the Lord Beyond the Void, who just kind of takes control of his Nth Metal Mace and destroys it. He's like, it's not going to work for you anymore. So uh, he captures Shaira, and Shaira actually takes off her helmet and, like, stabs the Lord Beyond the Void's arm with it because they don't have their weapons anymore, and that causes him to bleed. She's like, well, at least he can bleed. That means we can fight him. And the Lord Beyond the Void just picks up one of the slaves that has been there, you know, for an eternity and sucks all the life out of him to heal that wound in his arm. And this issue was a lot of buildup. He was like, yeah, the Lord Beyond the Void says, uh, you know, enough with this fighting. And he like picks him up and zaps him with this electric energy stuff. He's like, I need you guys now Uh, with the power of your lives. I will rule supreme. And then it says down at the bottom, next issue, everyone dies. And then in parentheses, we mean it. <laughs> so I wonder if uh, if Carter and Shaira are going to go on to their next life after this wraps up. I don't know. But uh, it's cool. The art's really good. Um, I like seeing Hawkman and, and Hawkgirl team up again. So looking forward to how they fight the Lord Beyond the Void. That's that's gotta be like one of the best parts about being a Hawkman fan though, where you're like, he's in mortal danger. Well, if he dies, he's coming back. It's not like if you were an elongated man fan and Sue and Ralph both <laughs> died and you're like, Well, they're gone for forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm kinda and maybe maybe there has been because there's still like despite all the Hawkman I've read there's still a lot I haven't read there might be some like magic based thing where they can't come back if something were to happen so and now that they're fighting this Lord Beyond the Void who claims to have created both of them you know who knows what's going to happen there if if he created them, it's one of those, I brought you into this world, I can take you out sort of things, and maybe he can. Maybe. I hope he says that at least to him. I know, right? Just like an angry mother. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so last one for both of us then, right? Yep. Justice League Odyssey number 22. I'll be honest, this was like the weakest issue I've read in a while. Yeah. It was just filler. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I thought Jessica does some really cool things in it. I mean, we're both Jessica. We're like, sure. we're in the Jessica fan club at this point, so it is what it is. <laughs> Absolutely. But, so she does some really cool things. It's just like, there's it two things I'm going to knock it. One, I want to know what's going back, going on back on the ship, you know, because like, that's where all the cool stuff's happening. And then two, I mean, it, like you said, it is filler. Normally I'm used to this book having, you know, it makes me go like, oh, like out loud, you know, a noise. And this time I just kind of <laughs> ended like, I just kind of like, okay, like it's fine. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. when you, when, when they set the bar, like they have been, in my opinion, it's like, 
when you just do a filler issue, it does kind of feel more like a, you know, like a, like a five when it really was a seven. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Totally. Like there's nothing about the story that I thought was bad. It's just like, like just, just give us like one panel of what's going on back in the other one because the last issue is so action packed. Yeah. I mean, dark side shows up and you know, the eschaton is released like you know the the crap is hitting the fan and then it's like okay she's out in space with gamma knife who doesn't remember her or that she's gamma knife and it's like when all of the green lanterns are dead too except for kyle right yeah they were doing the emerald twilight timeline yeah which is which is fine it, it was a good story. The art was good. I liked the robot. Yeah. The robot was cool. And, um, yeah, and I have just... I, I have, will say this, though. No, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Um, no, I was just going to say, I have this, like, bad gut feeling that, like, a lot of this awesome stuff that's happened is going to be time-traveled away, and I don't like that at all. Yeah. I feel that for sure. When they When they come out and say... We have a machine that can rewrite history. It's like, oh gosh, no matter what happens, like everything's gonna be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will say, you know, during all the coronavirus stuff and the shutdowns, when DC kicked back up, I mean, this is one of the titles that's been out almost on like a twice monthly basis. So I shouldn't complain that much that there's a filler issue yeah. because there has been a lot of it. And I'm sure we'll get the next one very soon. It's just like, oh, man, the story has me so hooked mm-hmm. that I just want to know what happens. Dude, I, I'm pretty sure whenever I started reading it, wasn't it monthly? Not t- twice monthly? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So back in my day, I had to, I had to have an, <laughs> an issue end with just Jessica being disintegrated. And I had to wait a whole month before I knew what was happening. <laughs> I know. Meanwhile, I read 22 issues in a month, and I'm like, give me more! <laughs> but it is great, and and I've had my friend uh, Edna, who listens to the show, reach out, and like she, she wants to get in on the Jessica Cruz fan club, too, so it's nice that, like, you know, some people are showing interest because we just won't shut up about it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm to the point now with Jessica Cruz where I would read a Jessica Cruz Green Lantern book. Like I want more. Like I also just want more Green Lantern books because I'm a Green Lantern fanboy in general. So, you know, I'm, I'm not the best judge. Well, the thing is, huh? Yeah, the I was just gonna say, like, why doesn't she have a book? She, like, honestly is the most relatable Green Lantern mm-hmm. with, like, her anxiety problems and stuff. So, like, there, there's no reason we couldn't get a book because everybody can relate to this. I mean, this lady. My, I think she's fantastic. My only thing is I think they try. I think I think the when Rebirth happened, her and Simon shared a book. And I'm assuming it must not have sold very well because it wasn't. I accidentally got an issue. And I've mentioned this before. I accidentally got an issue and it wasn't written very well. So... That was probably the. Well, that's the problem. because Sam Humphreys is a bad writer. <laughs> <laughs> You're just digging the grave for but Sam Humphreys never to be on here, man. I know. I know. He's going to be like, nah, that Jake guy's a jerk. <laughs> but the end of it was written by Dan Jurgen, so I'm sure that that part was probably pretty good. Probably, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I picked up the one issue and I was just like, 
on accident too so that kind of also made me mad i'm like this isn't the hal jordan one (laughs) 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 oh man all right well hey before before we actually forget do you want to talk about what comics we're excited for next i had it written down and i was like ready to say it so you beat me to it this time i wish i would have been like halfway (laughs) saying it you could have interrupted me uh, <laughs> I know, right? That's kind of our, our <laughs> MO. <laughs> but uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal, top of my list for sure. I'm going to check out Empire just for this podcast. You guys are welcome. Um, I'm going to go with, also for my third choice, uh, Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen, hands down. What about you, buddy? Oh, that's the final issue, right? Yep. It's gonna, like, I'm hoping, I got the very last page, they're like, psych, it's an ongoing. We got you. I'll be like, (laughs) you so-and-so, you caught me. (laughs) Well, I hope for your sake that it is that way. Um, I'm going to say death metal because that first issue was cool. Um... And it's really not like a big week for old Jake. <laughs> um, probably Nightwing because that's, I know it's kind of leading up to some of the Joker War stuff. And I've been just skimming all that stuff up to that point. And I do plan on reading the actual Joker War stuff when it starts with, I think it's Batman 95. Um, do I have a third? Nope. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'll be uh, catching up on some trades. Nice. Really quick, is that Snake Eyes book, the new Rob Liefeld Snake Eyes book? You bet it is, Casey. I might give that a try. Because, I mean, I'm not, gonna, not the biggest Rob Liefeld fan, but I will say, if you give him a masked guy with lots of pouches, who doesn't have to have any dialogue, it might not be too bad. That's true. That is his bread and butter. <laughs> okay. But okay. I think we are all done now, so I think it's time for a Fantastic Four, buddy. Yeah, let's hear it. So the NBA players have entered the bubble in Orlando, so no going in, no going out. They are now complaining that they're, you know, nice hotels that are probably 300 to $500 hotel rooms and their room service that's delivered are not very good. And, like, they've shown pictures of the hotel room, and, like, some of them are bigger than apartments that I've been in, and they're complaining about it. (laughs) So just give me four times. You've gotten something that actually wasn't too bad in, like, comic books or in, like, you know, just comic culture in general, and you just complained instead of enjoying yourself because, like, looking back, you kind of realize, like, oh, yeah, I could have just been happy, but I didn't allow myself. Uh, sure. There's, there's plenty of examples of that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) one would be like, like small press comics in general. Like I didn't think that I would like non superhero comics, you know, cause that's all I had read and I was, and you know, customers and other people like friends, you you included were like, you should just, you should try this image series. You should try something that's not just Marvel and DC superhero books. And I was like, well, oh, but I'm not going to like it. 
turns out I did because there's a genre out there for everybody and there's loads of good comics that aren't Marvel and DC. Um, another example would be anytime we've gotten a new Thor, you know, I, I'm a cranky old man and I want my regular Thor and not just some replacement. But then, you know, looking back, most of the time the stories were fine and I'd you know, Thor always comes back, so I shouldn't complain. <laughs> I should just enjoy the stories. And then uh, a big one I thought of was during Rebirth, DC, like at the beginning, every every DC title was $2.99. And then after a full year, that $2.99 jumped up to $3.99. And I should have just enjoyed the cheaper comics while it was available instead of complaining about the inevitable change that was going to happen because, I mean, we knew that that wasn't going to last. So I should have just been like, you know, it was cool to get a year of books that were a dollar cheaper than normal instead of complaining that they upped it a dollar. Yeah. Because, let's be real, Marvel has never done that. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, for the fourth one, just kind of rebirth in general, you know, I was thinking, ugh, another reboot but it's been great apart from like a couple series that i could complain about like overall rebirth has been really really good yeah so there you have it that's that's my fantastic four nice man do i even ask if you have any or (laughs) should we just skip that (laughs) well like the first thing that came to my mind was all of the current marvel movies i mean like i grew up going to the theater to see like the x-men movies and being happy that i got to see them and you compare those movies though to the current marvel movies that i complain (laughs) about all of the time it's not even close (laughs) that's fair yeah and, and then i was also thinking like i remember when kong skull island came out or not came out but when it was being announced i'm like this is stupid that ruins the whole point of King Kong. And so the beauty killed the beast. And I, I even talked like that. It was weird. It was like really slow and just me sounding like an idiot. And then it came out and I was like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. And it was the same with the 2014 Godzilla movie, except I hated that when it came out. I'm still not a fan of it. But And I was like just kind of like discouraged on the whole monster verse. But then the newest Godzilla came out and I just let myself enjoy it. Because I'm like, there's there's no point in not enjoying it, you know? And, mm-hmm. yeah, and then, like, just anytime something changes in comic books, I'm going to hate it to start. And then I'll end up probably liking it unless it's a writer that I don't like. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think a prime example would be Jessica Cruz, right? Yeah. We're like, are you kidding me? Another Green yeah. Lantern? Like, we don't need it. And then she's amazing. Yeah, like, in all fairness, though, <laughs> with the, like, the an- another Green Lantern thing, we should start killing, they should start killing Green Lanterns off if they want to bring in a new one. That's, that's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like a new piece of clothing, right? It's like you want another new shirt, you gotta get rid of an old yeah. one. Yeah, because it's just it's to this point there's six Earthling Green Lanterns, actually seven if you count the the one in the far uh, sector. So that's that's a bit too many. They you'd just be like, okay, sorry, Kyle, sorry, guy. John will keep you because people know you from the Justice League cartoon, Hal. 
You're everybody's favorite, but sorry. <laughs> well, that was that was a well thought, fantastic for this week. It's very humbling. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it, man. Well, I don't think it's I think it's about time for us to stop being friends for a little bit. Yes, I think it's time for verbal fisticuffs. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> it's round two of our cosmic beatdown. And this week is who, Casey? It is old Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern. Maybe you'll give me my wish and we will be down one less lantern. <laughs> who, who am I fighting again? You're fighting none other than Gladiator. Man, I had his toy as a kid. He was one of my favorites. <laughs> He's a cool character. Yeah. I believe it is my turn to start with strength feats, so I will give you some of those. All right. Gladiator. He has flown straight through a giant monster large enough to swallow a starship. He slammed Blastar through a wall. He has collapsed nearby pillars by punching Black Bolt into the floor. Like, he punched Black Bolt so hard into the floor that all the pillars around them just crumbled. He's taken out Hypernova, Warshot, and Flaw the War Scroll with a single punch each. He's punched the ground hard enough to leave a small crater. He made Beta Ray Bill bleed with a double-handed strike. He's defeated Vulcan in just a few hits. I love that fight. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. He was uh, stronger than Jane Foster Thor during their fight. He's defeated Drax in a single punch. Has hit the thing harder than he had ever been hit before. He destroyed an entire planet in just a few blows. He's defeated Wonder Man by hammering him into the ground. He really likes punching people into the ground. I'm sorry about this one, Casey, but he beat Eric Masterson until his very bones hurt. He's tossed all the Guardians of the Galaxy aside by throwing Drax at them. He flew the Hulk to the edge of the atmosphere within mere moments. He's pushed with enough force to pulverize an entire planet. He's in the same range of strength as the Hulk himself. He's said to be physically unmatched in known space and said to be able to wrest planets from their orbits and collapse stars with his hands. And he has cracked moons and torn apart black holes. And I will defer to you. I have a quick science-based question. How do you tear apart a black hole? I'm glad you asked, Casey. I don't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to look up a little sciencey thing for you in case you brought that up, and I just had nothing. I don't know how you do it. He's just yeah. that strong. I think that's like one of those things where you know, like they'll mention like anything that doesn't really like. They're like, "Oh yeah, this will sound cool. Let's say this." <laughs> I agree. But okay, so really quick, I'm gonna do a quick rundown of Green Lantern's powers, just in case if you don't know, he has a. Basically, it's some nice jewelry that gives him powers to 
make constructs of different things that he wants. Like if he can imagine it, he can create it. It's all through his willpower. And Hal Jordan is basically just living embodiment of will. He has just so much willpower built up in him. And like it's to the point where he used his willpower. Actually, I get to that later. So I'll talk about that later. All the different stuff he does with his will. He's got a lot of will. So he can make constructs. He can make he can turn himself invisible with his green bubble somehow. Even travel back in time, but that's like Silver Age. So I don't get into the Silver Age stuff because like Silver Age DC stuff would just automatically win because that stuff's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he can turn invisible though. He can even scan things to see their weaknesses. So Gladiator has a weakness for his uh, confidence. So he will scan that and figure out a way to actually, you know, because Hal doesn't have a problem with his confidence ever. And so he'd have, he'd come up with a way to deal with that. He can even have, he even has telepathy via the ring. There's a lot of stuff that the ring can do. Uh, so some speed feats for him. He had flown from Earth to the moon in the span of a sentence. He has flown past Mars from Earth in 15 seconds. He followed Airwave, who I think is his nephew, I think, at light speed and then even beyond. Like, they were keeping up with him. Him and Alan were keeping up with him. Airwave was going on. They didn't know where he was going, so they were just trying to figure out what was going on. Was once able to catch Zoom. And this is Hunter Zolomon, not Yabart Thon. Uh, Hunter Zolomon is faster than Wally West. He's actually outside of time, so his speed is completely different than Wally West, and he moves excuse me, at insane speeds, was able to make a construct to catch one of Ollie's arrows, and if he gets shot in the head, his ring automatically melts the bullet, so it doesn't do anything to him. Uh, some durability feats, he has been smashed into a moon so hard that it shattered the moon. He's able to withstand punches from Lobo, who I've already talked about, and, you know, he's a cheat code. Black Adam, who if you don't know who he is, he's on par with, you know, uh, DC's Captain Marvel and Superman. And Superboy Prime, who once punched a hole in reality because Jeff Johns is a good writer. <laughs> he has tanked a moon-shattering energy blast. He's tanked Cyborg Superman's heat vision, which would be the same as Superman's heat vision. He has protected himself from a nucle nuclear blast, was able to hold back an exploding sun. Um... Some of his offensive feats, he's created chains that made Superman bleed, was able to blast a hole in a Mazo who already had Superman's invulnerability. And then i got a little bit of other stuff, I'll let, but I'll let you talk some more. All right. Some speed feats for Gladiator. He caught a high-powered sniper round when it was mere feet from Vulcan's head. He blasted through the Star Jammers, disposing of each of them as a blur. He counted 10 billion micro-sentinels within moments. His attack to the human torch at a speed too quick for the torch to even see. He considers Quicksilver's speed to be unimpressive. He's outraced a blast of photons, which is the speed of light. Um, he flew from the Shi'ar galaxy to Asgardia in the blink of an eye. And he flew from another solar system to Earth in a matter of moments. And he followed a scroll ship through hyperspace and then flew to Earth at 100 times the speed of light. 
and I'll let you talk for a little bit more before I give his final feeds. All right. Um, so some of the, like, just some of the big battles that he's had, and, like, I didn't list them all because it's, like, I had just two that I'm going to talk about because they're overly impressive, and I didn't think I needed the rest. Um, he fought and killed Sinestro. He's killed Sinestro twice now. The, this la latest time, it was Sinestro with par infected with Parallax, so it, as I said, upped his power by about ten times. And since Sinestro came back the, after the first time Hal beat him, he was OP as heck, like, just you know, super powerful. We talked about him just murdering Green Lanterns for fun in that one anniversary issue. And Hal, Hal's willpower was so strong that he was able to kill that and Parallax at the same time. And then the other time that I want to talk about is he beat Zod, who was powered not with one son, but with dual sons. He beat him. That's how tough... Hal Jordan is. And just so you know, Zod is a Kryptonian, not unlike Superman, but he had military training. And then some miscellaneous stuff. He's a being of pure willpower. He made his own ring out of his own will. That's something that only Guardians should be able to do, but Hal's power is, you know, willpower is so power, you know, so strong that he was able to do this. He almost became one with the power and it's even said that he has more power than the the power battery itself like he is a conduit for willpower which is bonkers to me okay gladiator could spot white blood cells with his micro vision and his eyes even see beyond the normal spectrum and he had vision that could penetrate even the densest of matter and uh, he could also hear a signal being broadcast from light years away. So to say his senses are like, you know, super powered is a bit of an understatement. Um, with his heat vision alone, he nearly killed the Hulk, who at this point in time had a cancer that made him stronger, but a little less durable. Um, he's... I mean, this is some minor stuff, but his staggered Tony and the Iron Man uh, Model 37 armor. He once swept over a group of Nova Corps members with his heat vision, just killing them on the spot. The heat vision is said to burn hotter than stars and can turn the very air into plasma. And even his super breath has blown out the human torch's flame with ease. So that's what I got for Gladiator. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little bit of Dirty Pool if that's okay with you, man. I mean, you normally do, so go ahead. <laughs> well, Gladiator, I actually have this comic. It's in Nova issue one of his, I think his second series or maybe his third series. Um, it was the '90s series. Nova actually beat Gladiator in a fight, and this is pre. Nova getting his upgrades from Annihilation. And Nova is just a knockoff, as much as I love him, of Green Lantern. So, I mean, that right there kind of tells you enough that Green Lantern can beat him. And then also, I know as a kid, because I had this comic, Strong Guy, who's not the, not, not the toughest of Marvel characters, has beaten Gladiator. And also Cannonball. 
has has beaten Gladiator. None of those three combined could touch Hal Jordan. <laughs> well, if we're going off of one-off hokey fights, the color yellow used to be Hal Jordan. So let, let's take it a little more seriously here, Casey. Well, I mean, the Hal, but the yellow was a weakness that no longer amounts to anything for Hal. So even if Gladiator knew ahead of time he painted himself yellow, he would just look silly. <laughs> It all depends on the writer, you know? Like, if the writer I wants mean, Strong Guy my to whole... win the fight, then Strong Guy's going to win the fight. Well, it always just comes back with Gladiator to his... Because, you know, he st- he needs to listen to Tony Robbins and, like, get his, like, self-esteem up because that's what it always comes down to with him. Like, his his loss to um, uh, Cannonball. That one was just... Because, like, he hits Cannonball really, really hard, but Cannonball was able to withstand it because the way his powers work. And then he just looks at him, he's like, that's all he got, and it completely destroyed his confidence, and then he hits him, and then wins. Like, that was, that's how it worked, you know what I mean? So it's just like, with the ring, Hal should be able to figure out that's, his, that's you know, this alien race's weakness is all their power comes from their confidence. Hal Jordan can crap talk with the best of them. Like, that should be one of his superpowers. He would get right inside a gladiator's head. He would be like, you know, the Detroit Pistons bad boys. And he would, you know, and gladiator would be like early Michael Jordan, you know, when he was like before he started lifting weights. He would just have no confidence. He would just get his butt kicked. (laughs) (laughs) The confidence thing is a weakness. The way I think about it is like, I mean, I, I, during my research, it was scan after scan after scan of when, you know, he was full confidence, like, at his peak. The dude's insane. Like, just mm-hmm. whooping the crap out of the Hulk and stuff. And his speed, like, a hundred times faster than the speed of light? Like, that's just unimaginable speed. I think that that comes into effect. Like, if he... If we're talking random encounter and he's a hundred times the speed of light, like thinks he can beat this guy because he has no reason to think otherwise. It's not just as simple as Hal scanning him and being like, Hey, you're not so great. And then winning the fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you're also talking about someone that in Hal Jordan, who's, you know, defense, he's able to take shots from Superboy prime, black Adam, Lobo, Superman even like I didn't mention that but he has taken you know of course taking shots from Superman because that's what you do when you're on the Justice League you all fight each other and you know he's able to take hits from people that are at Gladiator's level because being at Gladiator's level in DC isn't as big of a deal as it is in Marvel <laughs> I mean DC characters do tend to be a little tougher but man I don't know I mean Reading about Gladiator, he just seemed like Superman, but, like, way faster. Like, faster than Flash. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not super I mean, like, convinced. Like, with me, since I, like, I've just read, like, I, growing up a fan of Gladiator, and any time he'd show up in a comic, I'm like, I want this one! And getting it, and then, like, always seeing him lose because he loses confidence in himself... Well, I mean, he's a that's, villain. Yeah, that's just, We're talking hero versus villain. The heroes are always written to win. That's you're. I mean, you're not wrong. Like a hundred percent, you're right there. But it, it it just annoys the crap out of me, man. So 
I'm just thinking about it as it would be in comics, where even at his best, I don't see... Because, like, like I said, at his best, he's probably on par with Zod, in my opinion. And so, Hal Jordan beat Zod. And you then have the fact that, you know, he has his whole power is tied to his confidence. And, I mean, think about it. Like, he's, like, delivering these punches to a regular-looking human who's just like, oh, is that all you got? <laughs> You're not so tough. Like, he's, like, looking at his watch, even though he doesn't have a watch on. And Gladiator's like, oh... Oh no! This is like this is like my first grade, grade speech all over again. Oh, I'm gonna get the stammers, and then boom! Hal Jordan hits him and takes him out. <laughs> I mean, if that's if that's how we're gonna decide these fights, then we should say villains aren't allowed. If we're just gonna say, well, in comic books, the hero would win. I mean, that puts the villain out every well, single time. Well, I'm not even saying like I'm just saying how that character's written, I guess. Because I mean, you could say. Especially against someone like Hal Jordan. That's all my thought process is. Hmm. Well. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll put it up to a vote, man. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll put the Green Lantern up to a vote and see who wins. <laughs> We'll make it best hair, though. Ooh. I mean, unless we have some Mohawk fans. Dude, I mean, I'm voting for Gladiator for best hair. <laughs> that's that's one of the reasons why I liked him when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what the votes say. It's Green Lantern. But we'll go ahead and, uh, and pick <laughs> the characters for next week. Uh, is it, is it me to pick first? Uh, I think so. Okay, let's see. I will go with... I'll go with Beta Ray Bill. We'll keep with the Marvel. Okay. I'm just gonna make this one totes fun and go with King Ghidorah. Oh, all right. Well, that is not who I was prepared to fight him. So that's going to be interesting. <laughs> I was going to save Martian Manhunter. Oh, okay. Because he, he can shapeshift and that would have been an interesting fight. That would have been would have been cool, man. I think Martian Manhunter would have like killed Ghidorah pretty easy with his phasing. I'll be honest. <laughs> well, hopefully he kills whoever he fights. Because at this point, it's not looking yeah. good for me. I mean, you can still make a comeback. Because you still got Orion, don't you? Yeah, I've got Orion, Bill, and Manhunter. Yeah, Manhunter, like... Yeah, like, because uh, Silver Surfer and Zod are my last two. So it's going to be... I think it's going to be close. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Hope you guys liked it. Uh, if you have an opinion on who would win between Hal Jordan and Gladiator, please feel free to let us know. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. Tell me, tell me how right I am. <laughs> and throw me a pity vote. <laughs> 
right. <laughs> well, guys, you can find us at facebook.com slash two worlds podcast on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore podcast and Instagram at two worlds pod. You can also email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet, do us a big old favor, like and review us five stars wherever you're listening to this. Thanks for listening this week, guys. But uh, we've got Thor's chariot to pull, so we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.